welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello, welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary for Saturday the 10th of June 2017. So, Burden of Guilt is completed. That's thriller number five is written in first draft form anyway. Last week I got a little bit carried away, so I can't remember what I was saying I would do last week on the diary, but I ended up writing roughly 5,000 words on Friday, Saturday and Sunday of last week. So my word count total last week over three days was 16,012 words. Uh, Basically, when you get to the end of a book and you know where it's going and I was getting all excited and I really, I just really want to write it because, um, hopefully like the reader, I'm excited to find out what happens. So I just jiggled my diary, my planner and just decided to write all three days last weekend. So it felt great to have it written. I, I knew that I needed to start editing on Friday. And originally, I would have written, as I'm recording this yesterday on the Thursday, and I just decided, you know what, I'm going to do this while it's all fresh in my head and I know exactly where I'm going. I've just got to get the words out now. Um, There's no plotting and planning or any kind of doubt about where I'm going with this now. I just thought I'm going to get it done on Sunday, and then I don't have to worry about writing this week. The book's done. I can let it sit for a couple of days. And then today, which is Friday as I'm recording this, I've been editing all day. And another lesson that I've learned about editing, I don't enjoy editing. I, I really enjoy uh, writing, but I don't enjoy editing at all. It's not a process I like. So I love the creative process, but the picking over it, you know, looking for all the commas and the full stops that are in the wrong place just doesn't excite me. Uh, so this is the bit that I find hard now. And what I've learned over doing quite a lot of books now is the best way for me to do it is to spread it out over a number of days. So what I would do is I have a tendency to sit down and just do things until they're finished, however much work it requires. So I've got quite a high capacity for just sitting there and getting the work done. Um, but I found that doesn't really work for me with editing. And so what I've done for this weekend is I have cleared Friday, Saturday and Sunday. There are 10 chapters in this book. And so on Friday today, what I've done is I've gone through all my wife's corrections. So my wife has read the book. Fortunately, she she likes it. (laughs) She did find quite a few, well, she found two funny things when we were laughing at. We went out for food last night. We were laughing at one of them. Uh, It's just a silly little thing. For some reason, I'd got... um, all I needed was one of the characters to wear a neck scarf, but I I called it a neckerchief, which is what, um, you know, Victorian gentlemen I think where and anyhow we were just laughing about that and so she was taking the mickey out of me for, for for putting somebody in a neckerchief rather than just a scarf and um, I'd done something in the first couple of paragraphs in the last couple of paragraphs they, they needed to balance and I, <laughs> I'd got somebody out cold in the last sentence and he was screaming in the first at the beginning of the first Re- you know really easy things to sort because when I started the book I wasn't quite sure how this character was going to die so um, they're very easy alignments to make they're not complete rewrites they're just a little change in a sentence um, but you know it's really great that she spots those things so this morning I went through my wife's corrections and then I've also been through the first three chapters. So as I'm recording this, you know, I'm a third away through that book on Saturday. I'll do another three chapters 
Uh, that's 15,000 words. And on uh, Sunday, I'll do 20,000 words. I'll do the final four chapters. So that will be my wife's corrections. That will be my first um, run of the book. And that's what I'm doing. I, I, I call it fact aligning. So when I started writing the book, I'm clearly not sure where everything's going, although I, I know roughly where the story as a whole is going. And as I go through this sweep, um, obviously I'm looking for spellings and stuff that's just plain nonsense and I'm chopping out sentences where I look at a paragraph and think, what on earth was I thinking? I don't need that paragraph at all. <laughs> Off it goes. So I'm doing that kind of stuff at this stage. Um, and um, fact aligning is where I know exactly what happens now. So as I'm going through the book, I'm just... It's, um, I think, what is it? They call it a tiller when you're in a boat, where you just touch it a little bit. It just, you know, moves the boat from one side to the next. It's like that with the plot, so that I'm just, I'm just course correcting slightly, uh, and getting the, the, the plot exactly right and on course, because I didn't quite know where it was going when I wrote it first time. And then I'm just dropping little bits in about people so that, you don't get sort of massive surprises at the end of the book. So just little little things like that. Um, I actually quite enjoy the fact alignment bit. It's the picking over it for the grammar and stuff that doesn't interest me, you know, the technical bit. Um, so I'm doing that for the next two days. And um, what I found is that by dividing it out over three days, I'm a lot fresher. So for instance, I finished today's work, uh, well, in the last half hour, about, about half past three. So it hasn't taken me the whole day. And I got I got some time to do something else. Uh, well, this <laughs> and uh, and some other things that I'm doing this evening. Um, and I prefer that, to be honest with you. I'll come to it fresh and enthusiastic tomorrow. It won't take me as long tomorrow because I won't have a wife's corrections to go through. Um, so I found that that really works for me rather than just sitting for hours uh, doing an edit. Um, so that's Burden of Guilt. Now, I've got Friday, Saturday and Sunday of next weekend also put by for this. And when I uh, so when I'm recording next week's diary, I'll be telling you about how that's going. But I will then be um, Helen Fazal, my editor. She creates style guides for the books that I write. So I will be referring to the style guide and trying to, to, to do as much pre-work as I can before I send it to Helen. And then at that stage, I'm really looking for, you know, punctuation, speech marks spelling um, you know sentences that don't make any sense so that by the time Helen gets it it's it's had several sweeps had three sweeps one from my wife uh, two from me and it should you know we should be getting there by that stage and then of course Helen will <laughs> will stamp all over it and change things and, and make suggestions uh, as well um, so you know so it's had a it's had a lot of run through so when I get it back from Helen it'll get another run through uh, from me just to make sure that I'm I'm happy with the way that she's done things and look at some of the changes that she's done. Um, so hopefully by that stage, it, it's pretty good to go. Um, I've never touched wood had, uh, you know, there will be spelling and punctuation mistakes in my books, I'm sure, because no one gets them all. But I've never had anybody, you know, leaving a review saying this is illiterate, this is full of spelling mistakes. I've never had one of those. And I do touch wood with that because I know that, you know, it, it can change at any moment. You can make a mistake. Certainly when I'm on the last drafts of the book, I get very jittery particularly if uh, Helen tends to send them back in Word and then I bring them into Scriver and I get very jittery about formatting and things in those last stages. I wish there was one thing that we could all use because I, you know, I use Scrivener, but my editor doesn't use Scrivener. I wish there was one thing that we could all use and agree on so that we didn't get those little errors when we're moving between Word and Scrivener. But that that's how it is. Um, so that's what I'm doing over the next week or so. And then that's going to go to Helen um well what is it a week on week on monday that's going to helen and she'll have it you know for a couple of weeks over summer and i will be putting it on pre-sale i'm just trying to think where it is in my calendar putting it on pre-sale pre-release next week so i'm putting it on pre-release of the 16th 
of July. So that'll mean it's going out sort of September time, July, August. Yeah, so September time, it'll, it'll be uh, released, that book. Um, so that's all very exciting. Um, got to start thinking about the next one. I've got I've got one book already plotted, so I, I got, I've got a book. Its working title is gated, but it, it, I don't think it will stay as gated. But the the working title is gated. I've got that one all plotted out, and the reason I didn't write that one, uh, I've got all the characters and everything done. I know exactly where that one's going. I didn't write it because uh, at the moment, in terms of a plan, it, it's it feels very Americanized, and the thrillers I've written so far are very British. It was interesting. I got an email from somebody. Uh, earlier in the week saying that they were enjoying the books and they love a good br- a British thriller. And that it made me think, you know, they, they are uh, British, they're English uh, and British in nature. No, they're British, actually, because um, there's a lot of Northern and Scotland stuff in them as well. So, so they're actually, they're British. And um, I thought, mm, I must look at that category because th- that's what they are, actually. So the reason I haven't written this other book, even though it's completely planned, is that it, it's quite an American-y book it's quite, it's a little bit different from what I've been writing so far with the thrillers I really want to write the story but I just didn't feel that sequentially it was the right time to drop that story in just yet I want to be consistent with my style and that kind of British voice and setting at the moment and, and the setting certainly I think my preferred setting for this gated book is you know it's more international in feel so it, it's a slight changing course which is why I'm just holding it back so I think the next book is going to be um, called, he says, trying to think of what the title is, Left for Dead, because um, I, I really like the title. I got a really nice sort of cover picture for that too. It really conjures up the image of it. And Left for Dead is going to be based on something I did at the BBC. It's funny how all these things um, carry through your life. Uh, when I was a reporter at the BBC, and this will be uh, when I was in Hull in the 1990s, we did a campaign called The Search, and it was about people who'd gone missing. And in Hull, we had two people who'd gone missing. I, I did the interviews for the, the content for this. And um, one of the uh, a young woman that I spoke to, her brother had gone missing. And I went to see her at the house and, and he'd been missing for some time. And they'd kept his bedroom exactly the way that it was when he'd been living there. But he just he just disappeared. And... Um, it's, and, and ever since then, I always remember um, you know how, how upset she, she still was uh, and how unsettled they were because they didn't know what had happened with him, whether he was dead and the, and the hope that he would come back. And it, it really interested me as a topic. You know, how could somebody just disappear just like that? Uh, and because we've got so much CCTV these days, I mean, it's even harder now with phones and, and cash chills. There are so many electronic trails and and it's just always fascinated me as a topic that 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 concept of disappearance and what makes somebody disappear. So I'm very keen to to work on that as a story plotline. Uh, and so I think that's probably going to be the next book. But I just got to thresh thresh that storyline out. I know what the basic story is. I'm just got to work out that I got a beginning, middle, and end with it, and I could I could deliver all the bits I need to for a story. So I think that's going to be the next one. But you'll hear me you know, dithering as I do about that. I always get a bit nervous before I commit to a story. Um, so I'll, I'll probably have, um, you know, I know I've always got gated to go to if I get stuck because that's already planned. Um, so I'll let you know about that. I'll talk to you about that over the next couple of weeks. But I'm due to start writing Left for Dead on the 15th of July. So I've got slightly over a month before I have to write. I actually sit down and start writing my 5,000 words. Um, I, I've got a couple of weeks of editing. Um, I've got a couple of jollies lined up, um, which I'll tell you about in the weeks that they happen. And then um, 
I'm back to writing again. And I want to have that next book written in quarter, we're into quarter three of the year. And that book will be finished by the end of September. I want to get another two thrillers written before the end of this year. Um, something I want to tell you about is, um, I, I told you last week I was delivering the good news and I had the best sales month that I've ever had, uh, broken a thousand dollars in sales. I did predict that that was going to drop. And, you know, as predicted, it is beginning to drop quite severely now. Um, you, you know, it was given impetus from the promotions that I did. Uh, it's still way, way more than it was before. I'm still selling the thrillers. I'm still getting lots of reads on the thrillers. And what I decided to do as a result of the experiences that I've had is, I've decided to put the secret bunker into Amazon KDP Select. Now, normally I've gone wide with my books, but I make, I say pennies. You know, I, I, I get a check every month from Draft the Digital, but it's only a bit. It's not very exciting. Um, and, um, you know, I've not made that many sales on, on, through Draft the Digital. It's, it's not a major part of my, my income. <laughs> what is, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's compared to Amazon. It's maybe quarter a fifth of what I make on Amazon so it's not a lot um and and it didn't increase obviously with the promos I did so that the money was made from Amazon last month and and what I'd noticed and I'd heard this on stage in Edinburgh um with one of the the speakers uh there and Murray McDonald was on there saying that he gets a lot of his income from from reads I'm going to be um trying to get Murray on the the podcast if I can to talk about that but I've never had so many reads and I was trying to work out why I'm getting the reads because they were very lucrative for me. And I've, I've always had one or two reads, but negligible reads on the secret bunker of the grid trilogies. And I decided that it was because it was in Amazon KDP select that I was all in with Amazon, but also that it had a price on it. There was nothing for free there. The reads were coming because it was paid. And then presumably whoever the, you know, the prime readers, whoever they are, the unlimited readers, um, you know, it makes it more attractive because it's got a price on it. So what I've decided to do as an experiment is I'm keeping Don't Tell Meg, the trilogy. I'm leaving that trilogy in Amazon KDP Select uh, and I'm keeping prices on the books. Now I've adjusted the prices slightly. They were $3.99 and I've moved them to $2.99, which using the Amazon tool that's where they tell you in the the kdp online tool that 2.99 is the sweet spot for those books in that genre for making the most money so they're all 2.99 now i've adjusted the price of the the two box set and the three box set accordingly and, and all five of the units that i've got for don't tell meg they're all in kdp select i've also put the secret bunker in KDP Select. Now, I don't think The Secret Bunker, certainly book, book one, I don't think it's ever been sold. I think it's always been free. So that's in KDP Select. I've taken it off everything. So it's come right off um, Draft to Digital to make it exclusive. Um, and, and I'm charging for it now. And straight away with The Secret Bunker, the reads are up. Straight away, I'm getting reads on The Secret Bunker. And full price sales, which is very, very interesting. I've never had that before. But as the test subject, I'm leaving the grid wide. Now, the reason I've decided to do it in that order is that the grid, um, as a first book in a sci-fi series, um, you, you'll have heard me say this before in the diaries, you know, the secret bunker te- seems to divide people more because of the the, the tenses and the voices uh, in telling the story. Um, now, you know, fortunately, I think it, it averages four stars. So obviously it's, it's not a complete, it's not a complete sort of tanker of a book. But if you look at the negative reviews on there, they're generally about the don't like the voices. You know, that's, that's what they don't like. Whereas the grid is a much, it seems to be a much more straightforward read. People sort of pick it up, like it. It's fast. Uh, and, you know, it's got a five star, um, 
average. I, th- I think that's right. Uh, you know, these things may vary, obviously, but it, I think it's about it's a four point seven, something like that, average in on Amazon.com, where it has the most reviews. So the grid is the safer one for me to put out as the free, the freebie for mass distribution, because it divides readers less. And the secret bunker is the one that I'm I'm charging for. And I just I'm just going to see. I'm just going to see what happens. Now the other thing with that strategy is the standalone thrillers that I write. So we've got Dead of Night out at the moment. And a burden of guilt will be out shortly. And then we'll also have Left for Dead out before the end of this year. Those I'm probably good to go wide on. I'm just going to try it to see what happens. So I'm, I'm going to have a foot in both camps and, and just see what happens. And I'll, I'll let you know. But the, the instant thing I've seen with the secret bunker is that I'm selling book one. People are going through to books two and three. And all of a sudden, my reads are right up on on the secret bunker book. So I'll monitor that, and we'll see how it how it's going. But um, you know, as predicted, the sales the sales are still fine, much better than they were beforehand. But I ain't going to be making a thousand dollars this month. There's no way. My guess at the moment, um, it might be. Well, I, I, hes- I hesitate to guess, but my guess is, is that it might be six hundred, maybe, maybe. I'll let you know. I'll let you know how it goes um, at the end of the month. But they are going to drop, definitely. Okay, so um, that's the kind of news with the immediate writing. Oh, and, and by the way, because I had to make sure, because I put um, The Secret Bunker in, in Amazon KDP Select, I had to make sure that I didn't have any copies of that book out. Now, I've always used that book for free, and I had it listed on Wattpad and Tableau. When I was experimenting with trying to find a younger audience in the very, very early days of that book, I've long since given up on that because my audience seemed to be quite happily adults. So I haven't even targeted that audience. Um, but I, I went into my Wattpad and Tableau accounts, which I'd completely forgotten about and deleted the free copies there. And, and, and frankly, I, mean, I didn't push it in any way at all. And, you know, because I'm an old geezer, those those younger people environments, you know, they don't really, they don't really suit my temperament, to be honest with you. I'm not kind of that big, super social, you know, read my book kind of guy, whereas I see younger people doing really well. It's just not my um, thing, probably too long in the tooth for that kind of um, platform now. So I just deleted those accounts. I'm, I'm not going to use them. They didn't work for me, me personally. Uh, and that's probably my fault, not, not their fault. Um, so that's two accounts deleted now. Um, I forgot to tell you this last week. I, I knew this when I recorded last week's diary and completely forgot to tell you about it. But um, we've had a little bit of success. I like to report these things to you. I can't even remember entering this competition. But Don't Tell Meg is in a long list. <laughs> it doesn't get much more exciting than that, does it? Not a short list. It's a long list um, for, what's it called? Oh, the Retreat West uh, first chapter competition. So I can't remember how many words I had to put in. But anyhow, I, I got a letter from them saying, Dear Paul, thanks for sending us uh, Don't Tell Meg for the first chapter competition. It's a great read and has made the long list for the competition. The short list will be announced soon. Now, clearly, my level of excitement will go up if I hit the short list. Then we start to get exciting and excited about it. And and the prize, I think, um, I say I don't really know why I went in for it, but the, the, the prize I want to have because it's... um. I think it's a consultation, you know, with a, with an agent and, and guidance on the book. And I just thought, well, you know, I'd really value that. And I think that's probably why I went in for it. Thinking, well, you know, if, if I've, if I've got sifted to that point where an agent's happy to talk to me about it, I'd really, and, and so the agent likes the book. The agent is predisposed to like that book. They'd really like to have a, a sensible conversation about it and what we could do, you know, to improve the writing and what I need to do as a writer. So that, that's why I went for that. Um, so long list. I'll let you know if we make the short list, but, you 
you know, as with all these things, don't hold your breath. But my, my view always is with these things. You know, I, I've, I've gone in for competitions. I've changed my competition strategy now. Um, but I, I've had a few, um, I've been on a few, what do they call them? Uh, you're not a winner, but you're kind of like an also ran. Um, and I, and I got bronze in the wishing shelf awards, which I was very pleased with because that's actually judged by, you know, real people. It was judged by teenagers and it was the grid trilogy. I was very pleased with that one, uh, because it was judged by real readers and, and the readers are supposed to be for that book. Um, and I've had, I think I've had about three other ones where I've been sort of also ran. But what, what I take from that, um, you know, even though I'm not winning them is that if my books were a heap of junk, then I wouldn't make it to that stage. Um, you know, so I, I view it in a small way that it's been through a gatekeeping process where at least the books aren't rubbish. You know, they're, they're getting into that, into the pile, into the also Rand's pile. They're not quite making it to winner yet, but that at least gives me that sort of external feedback that I'm not putting junk out in, into the world. And, and so I, I take that normally from these uh, competitions. Um, a couple of things I want to mention. I got a really nice surprise this week, actually. It wasn't a huge one, but it was a nice one. Um, I had to take my secret bunker books off other outlets because I'm not allowed to list them on other outlets if they're in KDP Select. And um, I'm one of the fortunate people, I, and I must have just done it by the skin of my teeth, actually, skin of my teeth. Um, I got an account on Google Play. So the Secret Bunker Trilogy has been listed on Google Play. And you've probably heard me on these diaries laughing about it, I don't, saying I don't think I've ever sold a book on Google Play. And the reason I said that was, is I'd set the things up. I've never had a check and I've never had an email saying you made a sale. So they were set up there. I completely forgot. So when I went on to my Google Play account the other day to, to delist, to take Secret Bunker off, so I wasn't in breach of Amazon's terms and conditions, I found out that I'd made money on Google Play. There was a little graph there. And I thought, well, hang on, have I made sales here? There's a graph showing showing something and it was sales. So I actually, I tell a lie. I have been selling books on Google Play. Um, and you know, I, I haven't sold very many, but I think I've got a 60, 60 quids worth of money being owed to me from Google Play. Um, so, you know, that's better than nothing, isn't it? It's 60 quid that I didn't know uh, I had coming in. And it, and it means that I'm actually selling on Google Play, which all of a sudden has made me more excited about what I do with Google Play because I haven't made much effort with Google Play. And when I listed the books, I wasn't using the wonderful Vellum software and Vellum software formats the books beautifully for Google Play. So it's made me look at Google Play again and think, oh, right, I'm going to stick some more books on there if I'm making money out of that. So um, I, I tried to look at why I hadn't got the money. And uh, this is ter I'm terrible at this stuff. Sometimes I'm terrible at the, the, the detail. You know, for all my geekiness, um, sometimes I miss some ridiculously small details. And the reason that I hadn't got my money sent to me by Google Play is because they've done one of these account verifications. You know where you 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 they put twenty four p in your bank account or something, and you have to go in and verify what the amount was. Um, I hadn't done that, so I hadn't verified my bank account, so they hadn't sent me the money, and so therefore I just forgot about it. Um, so that's now verified, and I was thinking, great, that's now verified. That'll be another sixty quid in uh, this week. Oh no, oh no, it's not as easy as that. We now have to go through the American tax system, and let me tell you, Google Play. I just looked at it. I try. I had a couple of goes at it the other evening, and I thought, "Oh, I'm going to have to leave this till I'm fresher," because I've got 
and I've forgotten what it's called. Whatever the whatever the tax form is that exempts me, the W whatever it is, WD forty. That oh, you, that's what you use to oil hinges, isn't it? But you know what the W whatever it is form that I'm supposed to have. I've got one of those which exempts me from paying tax in the USA. And, I, and there's me in my innocence thinking, oh, I'll just have to put this number in and they'll pay me the money. Oh no, it's it's really difficult on Google Play. There's all these options of things, um, and it's not clear. So if you're listening to this and you've, you've done that and you can give me a, a fast track, please drop me an email at paul at paulteague.com. But in the meantime, at some point this weekend, probably when I've had a glass of red wine, I shall try and figure that out so I can get me 60 quid back and start earning on Google Play. But it was a little, you know, it's a little, it's a little victory, but I, I just assumed I'd never sold anything on Google Play, that there was zero interest for what I was writing. Um, so I, I'm pleased with that. You know, 60 quid, it's a few books, isn't it? Um, what do we make per book? It's a few books. It's at least 60, isn't it? Probably. It's at least 30 or 40 or 50. You know, it's, it's, it's some books. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. That, that made me happy. And um, I want to mention a presentation that I saw. I actually saw the blog post first, then realized that it'd been part of last week's, um, Alliance of Independent Authors fringe event. And because I've been so busy, I had, I had, I need to catch up with those, um, videos they don't disappear which is fine I, I can come back to them in my own time um but it was an article called what makes a 100k author eight findings every author should know and i'll put this on the the resources page at selfpublishingjourneys.com so that you can have a look at it and I, I do recommend it but it, it was an excellent article and it had done surveys among authors and it was basically trying to work out what's different between authors who make 5k a year what's different between authors who make 100k a year and, and in very simple terms what they were saying is it takes three to five years on average, because some people always do it sooner, but three to five years is the peak time to break through. Indie, being an indie author is very, very viable because of the royalties that we get. Keeping a day job to bootstrap the writing business and paying for covers and editors. These are all great things to do. And, and, and if you want to digest, you know, what's, what, how do I get to a hundred K? What do I have to do? It's a brilliant article for that. And it's based on research with real authors you know no bs in there it's kind of real people telling you how it is and i again you know when i see when i see articles three to five years if you think that so after three years of writing but two years of selling i've had now um if you think that i've just had my best month ever but i'm not going to sustain that if you think how long that's taken for me to get there um three to five years feels like it, it might be about right you know if things are beginning to come together for me you know, bearing in mind, I don't have people who can help me with this. I'm kind of on my own, figuring it out as I go along. You know, I, I don't have friends in high places who can sort of endorse me and, and, and give me any helping hand. I'm, I'm, so I'm in the wilderness like most of us are. Um, three to five years feels like a reasonable timescale. Um, but it, it's a really interesting article. So please, um, it's on the resources page. Uh, I'll put the full presentation of the, of the blog link there. Really, really good. I really recommend that you take a look at that. And so we did the Alliance of Independent Author Fringe event last week. Uh, I had a video on there, Insta Freebie Leads Explosion. I'm going to say it and I'm going to say it again. You know, I've tried all the tricks. I've, I'm using uh, Amazon ads. Um, I haven't worked through training for Amazon ads yet, so I'm probably doing them completely wrong. But I'm not really getting any kickback from those at the moment. They're not exciting me at the moment, even though I hear a lot of people getting excited about them. I, they're not doing anything for me. Um Facebook ads I've done, they worked for me, but they were expensive. Um, Insta freebie is the thing that's worked and it's costing me peanuts for a lead. So 
Um, I would recommend that you check my presentation out, but also there were 24 other presentations in there. I'm going to be working through them. There's some real gold dust in there. So, you know, please, please don't ignore the Alliance of Independent Author Fringe events. It's 24 hours of free content from people who are walking the walk, you know, you know, talking the talk, walking the walk, whatever the phrase is. Um, so nothing to pay for, you know, no 500 quid entry fees or anything like that. So please use the fringe events. Uh, uh, you know, they're free, uh, fantastic events. And, and as well as me doing a presentation, I sure as heck will be looking at what everybody else did as well and picking out all the good bits of information from there. Uh, i just let you know that I did a little MailChimp video this week. It was just in response to somebody who got in contact with me about the Alliance of Independent Authors event. They were saying, how do you set up the first automated email, maybe to deliver your your first ebook, you know, your first PDF file of a book. How how do you set that up? And I, I just thought this is actually such an important thing to know. I'll record a video, stick it on YouTube, and then send it to this person who'd asked the query because it's the sort of query I, I get a lot, and it's actually a little tip that MailChimp makes hard, and I just wanted to share. So again, I'll put that video link on the resources page if you are a MailChimp user, but you may just find the tip quite useful. Now, to a certain extent, things have changed with MailChimp in that MailChimp have now got automation free in, in all accounts. Um, but again, you might find this little hidden feature it's just tucked away in there. You just might find that quite handy. It just saves you getting embroiled with full automation, uh, but it, it also allows you when you're doing Insta freebie giveaways to send that first book without having to do it manually. It's an automated first email that you send to customers and it's really hidden deep down in MailChimp and it's just nice to know where it is. Um, my mail, sorry, my WordPress book. Come on, Paul, concentrate on what you're doing. My WordPress book is um, available now. It's uh, available on Kindle. I um, I proofed the the CreateSpace version last week. So the CreateSpace version is on Amazon for sale. But rather than me have to spend twenty quid getting it sent over from the United States, what I did is I've published it on CreateSpace and then bought my own book so I get it for you know cost price and I'll I'll take the commission back through CreateSpace. Um, so it's the closest I can get it to cost price rather than getting it dispatched from the States. Um, so I've had that. I've paid uh, my oldest child to go through that and just double check. He's done an excellent job of it. I, I, I'm very lucky to have three extremely literate children. And my oldest child has gone through that for me. And I paid him 20 quid for it, which is a deal as far as I'm concerned. I have gone through. See, I, I don't actually take my um, nonfiction to a proofreader. Uh, nonfiction is a very different thing for me. And... Uh, I, I use Grammarly for it. So I, I do check it. I check it myself and I check it with Grammarly. But I just, um, I got a bite from my oldest child and said, you wouldn't proofread that for me, would you? And the price was 20 quid. I thought, that's all right, I'll do that. So um, there are a few little things that I'm just going to change there. Some of them are opinion-based. Um, but what I was very pleased, we think that my oldest child is 19. Um, and my oldest child said, um, oh, it's you know, it's a really conversational, non-condescending teaching style. So I was quite pleased to get that from a 19-year-old, um, you know, in terms of the tone of the book and saying, you know, it was really useful content in there. So um, I'm just going to do the final run of that now, just make the tweaks, and then uh, that will be for sale, and I'll start to push that. And I'm planning to build a WordPress course around that as well. Not a, not a really big course, but just a fairly straightforward course, uh, which I'll, uh, I'll launch just around the book, showing you how to uh, you know, create a WordPress site with all the little videos showing everything that's in the book. It's like the film of the book in nonfiction terms. 
Um, so, so that's all been very exciting too. Um, I'm planning. I, t- I did tell you last week that I was going to do the, the Facebook one. I am going to get to the Facebook one and the email marketing book. So those are refreshes. Um, I am planning to get a few more non-fictions out there. Not quite sure how many yet this year, but certainly I'm going to refresh the Facebook one, which has always sold very well. And the email marketing one, which is just very useful to me for training. Um, it's a good book to sell at, at training events because I do a lot of email marketing training. So, um, you know, that, uh, they're going to go and, and I'm not even really scheduling time for those. I'm just going to fit those into evenings and, and weekends where I've got spare time, but I'm hoping to get the email and the Facebook one done by the end of next quarter. I might even, he says, look at your schedule. If I'm, am I going to get it done? No, Facebook. I uh, know it's going to go into the next quarter now. I'm not going to get it done before the end of June. I've got a couple of jollies coming up towards the end of June. So, um, I won't be getting very much done at all at the end of June. Uh, I did a couple of podcast interviews this week. Um, you may remember that I interviewed John Cronshaw, who's a dystopian author. And, and John, I met at a Carlisle event last year. And John, um, I, I only want to sort of talk to brand new indie authors if they know what's what. They immerse themselves in podcasts and are very familiar with best practice. And John was quite clearly one of those people. And I said to John, do you mind if I just follow you through your, your launch process? Because I'm really keen, um, you know, not, not to always talk to the zillion selling authors. I want you to hear it, what it's like right in the trenches when, you know, before you've even launched a book. Because I think we could all learn good stuff from that. And um, so John has been on before John's just about to launch his first book, so I'm just about to arrange to to talk to John for the second time around that actual launch process, that pre-selling process that he's been doing. So he'll be coming up in a couple of weeks' time. But this week I'd also met at Manchester when I did the the Amazon event. A lady called Alison Ingleby. Now Alison um, was is really interesting because she has uh, given up her job uh, to bootstrap her writing business. So she's she split the business into two parts. She's doing sort of blogging and, and copywriting, um, which is doing through freelance sites. That's bringing money in now. And she's writing. She wants to have an author career. So she's just finished the first draft. Well, it's just got come back from the editor, actually, the draft of her first book, which is going to be a dystopian trilogy. Um, so that's a perfect time to talk to Alison because she really is. She's, she's even earlier than John was when I spoke to John. And Alison's agreed to talk to me through the, the various phases. So the next time I'll be talking to Alison is in November. That interview is going to run in a couple of weeks time. But I just, I really want you to hear it. If you're a brand new and you haven't self published before, I want to keep this podcast relevant to you so that you're, you're literally hearing the stuff like, you know, how do I do my accounts? How do I manage my money? What do I write with? You know, what, what is that first book like? so that you're literally hearing from authors who could give you that story. But I'm talking to authors who are very immersed in best practice. So they, they know they're not going to be giving you duff advice. You know, they're going to be, they're doing the right things. And that's why I'm, I've specifically targeted Alison and John, because when I spoke to them, it was quite clear to me that they're doing the right things. They've got all the right instincts. And so therefore, you know, we're not going to be telling you to do all the wrong things, which I, I, I don't want to do. So those, um, I interviewed Alison this week. That was a great interview. That's going out in a couple of weeks time. And also I interviewed Stephen A. Mackay. Stephen, I met in Edinburgh when I did the Amazon event there. These things are great for networking, as you can tell. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't leave a room without casting my net and getting lots of podcast interviewees. And, and Stephen, I'm having a chat to. Stephen has sold. Well, at the time of recording this, um, he, he's on the hundred thousand sales mark. That's not freebies. That's sales. 
Um, and he writes uh, his main series that's made all those sales is based around the Robin Hood legend. Uh, it's amazing. And um, I interviewed him last night. Great interview. Um, you know, fascinating tips and information in there. And Stephen's interview will run in a couple of weeks time. But, um, you know, oh, you learn so much from different authors. Just fantastic doing this podcast. So I think that's my news. He says, having a look at the sheet, I think I've told you everything from this week. Um, I'll be back again next week uh, with my news. Hopefully I will be telling you that my book is almost edited and good to go to Helen Fazar. My guest on Monday, the 12th of June, is Ruth Sutton. Now, Ruth was the first person I ever interviewed for this podcast. And Ruth uh, had come to writing later in life. So she she was retired. She was, I think she it was her 60th birthday, uh, certainly around there, that had inspired her to, to start writing. And I was surprised, actually, when we were talking that she's about to be She's about to be 70. I think it's later on this year. So Ruth is a, is a, an older writer. She came to writing later. Um, and I spoke to her as uh, she's a local author. I met her at a library talk and was very, very keen to speak to her. And she's, she's done uh, brilliantly, you know, with her self published career. But what I love about Ruth is, is she's, she's so uh, open to trying new things. And I've been following her career since we spoke and she's, she's got a, an arrangement with Fahrenheit Press with her books. And she's just started working with um, crowdfunding for her forthcoming book. Um, so she's really, you know, push, she's really pushing the boundaries here, really pushing herself to try new stuff. Um, I, and I've never talked to anybody about crowdfunding. Oh, well, also, she's just recorded her own audio book as well. So she can give you another take on recording audio books. Now, she, um, she went to a local studio uh, and she did the, the abridging herself. She's got some really interesting points to make about abridging audio for your audio book. Um, so loads to talk about with Ruth. Uh, she's had an amazing year, done loads of new things. Uh, so I was really keen to catch up with her. You can hear that interview on Monday, the 12th of June. That's it for this week. We're running slightly longer again. I thought it was going to be a brief one today, but it wasn't. I've, I've witted on too long. Apologies for that. I'll be back next Saturday. In the meantime, have a fabulous week of writing. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.